2035. In the next 15 years, we will eliminate in the state of California the sales of internal combustion engines. We will move forward to green and decarbonize our vehicle fleet here in the state of California. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you California, the state perpetually on fire. Hey guys, welcome to the apocalypse. to the show. Welcome everybody to the show. Um, I present to you California, the state perpetually on fire with no electricity is now pushing for all cars to be electric. So not only will you not be able to charge your car, but you're not going to be able to run your air conditioning either. So you're going to be a sweaty, stranded mess. Wow, you're kind of setting the tenor for this whole show, aren't you? Yeah. I'm, so it's going to be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super kind of irritated about it. Um, you know, he... He goes on to say... Now, who is he? Who is this? this is, that was Governor Newsom of California. Okay. Um, emphasizing that California must stay at the forefront of the fight against climate change, Governor Gavin Newsom on Wednesday issued an executive order to require all new cars to be sold by, to be zero-emission vehicles by 2035 and threw his support behind a ban on the controversial use of hydraulic fracturing, fracking by oil companies. Okay. Under Newsom's order, the California Air Resources Board, otherwise known as CARB, which is the most ironic name for anything <laughs> ever, would implement the phase-out of new gas-powered cars and light trucks and also require medium- and heavy-duty trucks to be zero emission by 2045 where possible. California would be the first state in the nation to mandate 100% zero-emissions vehicles. Through though 15 countries have already committed phasing out gas power cars. Now, he's not talk, finished talking. Let me uh, play the rest of this clip. You can still keep your internal combustion engine car. First of all, what is it with politicians and their cadence when they talk? Can we just talk like normal people? Why does it have to be you can keep your... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is a It's thing. always these weird, like Obama had this weird thing. Newsom has this weird thing. Trump kind of talks like... Oh, yeah. Like you're this, right. It's uh, kind of politicians across the board. They don't see... I think because it's very, like, it has to sound... Or because it is so... Authoritative. Kinda, yes. Well, I was going to say scripted, and it has to be... It, it's not like he's just talking to you. It's not kind of it. a sing-song. I, I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, I here know. we go. You can still have a market for used cars. You can still trade and transfer those cars. We're not taking anything away. We're providing an abundance of new choices and new technology, being agnostic about how we get to zero emissions. No, they're not. But being committed to getting to zero emissions by 2035. Chris, let me tell you something, and I'm going to talk to you like this. The reason I am talking to you like this is because I have figured it out. Okay. This is the best way to you're gonna sound dr- you're gonna assertive. Drive, you're going to drive the I, listeners nuts. You can't do this it. This is how you sound assertive <laughs> I know. without coming across as being a bully or angry. Yeah, you're basically, right? it's, it's like it's, a psychological it's, thing, Exactly, I think. you sound very assertive. Plus there's this whole, authoritative. all this stuff gets written in like a third grade or eighth grade uh yeah, reading level to make sure everybody can understand. Right. Um, no, but I think that's it. That's how you it could be. It could sound be. assertive so, and authoritative. With Newsom's executive order calls ending the sale of all new gasoline power cars by 2035 a goal. So this is, there's. Uh, let me a finish goal, this. A goal, but it, but it also now, orders the Air Resource Board to immediately begin drafting regulations to achieve it by yeah, that year. So there's two two key, key things that's in this statement. That's Number one, this is an executive order. Okay. Okay. So the people of California. Oh, you can't vote. This is an executive order. We're we're doing this. Okay. So this is an executive order. So an executive order by rule of thumb is not put to a vote. 
Correct. It's just we're okay. just we're doing this. Okay? okay, so that's already a problem. So the people of California, you get what you you get, you reap what you sow in terms of who you elect. Um, but it also requires the Air Resources Board to be immediately begin drafting regulations to achieve it by that year. Yeah. So this is the executive order that says by this year we're doing this. And now the Air Resources Board is being told we need to figure out a way to get there. So yeah. basically. Let's get the regulations train going and try and figure out how we're going to do it. All aboard. Yeah, absolutely. So um, (laughs) the other key statement is we're not taking anything away. And that's his way of being like, whoa, don't be scared. Right. But in reality, what you need to do is you need to look at it this way. So you have uh, anytime that something is named something by a politician or they say something like this, you immediately have to assume it's the opposite. (laughs) So, okay, what what is it named or what is he saying? What what are you We are absolutely planning on taking everything away. (laughs) That is what he meant when when he said that. Um, so, okay, just to be clear, the legislation that is his goal is to prevent the sale of new combustion engine cars in the state. And what is the only way that you are going to be able to get people to be okay with this at that point? I, I don't know. It's to make it untenable to own anything else. Where oh. people are like, you know what? That's fine. Because, um, yeah. so the push to ban fracking is going to do what? Drive up oil prices. Okay. Um, they're going to increase fuel costs. Via- in California, though. It, whatever. This it's a is- free market. You can frack in South Dakota. It's just as easy to pipe it over there or truck it over there. No, it's keep- not. So what? You're going to say that uh, gas pl- prices in California are going to be inflated, like, what, 50% over the rest Who knows? of the country? So you have a reduction in supply. You ha- which is going to happen in theory. No, not in theory. As we push towards more electric cars, yep. there's going to be less demand for gasoline. There's going to be less supply. That's the fact. Those facts. are opposite ends of the demand curve. What do you mean? Less supply, less demand does not equal less supply. It's the opposite. You're going right? to have less options for fuel. I disagree. If less people are using it, you're what. You're missing a step. Okay. I you're, know what you're, you're trying you're to say, but you're missing a step. You're talking about supply and demand where if there's less of it, it's going to cost less. Right. But However, but what that these means is candy there's going to be less support or there's going to be less demand. Okay. If that's the case, suppliers will then be producing less because it won't be as profitable for them to basically develop that much fuel. Right. So then in that case, yes, there will eventually become less supply due to the lack of demand it's going to be harder to get fuel not necessarily harder but you're going to have to go out of your way to get fuel um there's going to be increase in fuel costs you know via carbon taxes most scientists think this is the best way to curb carbon emissions carbon taxes whether that's a fuel tax whether that's you know that's how tesla stays profitable is by selling carbon credits um you're going to see increases in fuel costs due to transportation restrictions you're going to see um probably you're in like places where you have to have a certain stamp on your car to be able to drive certain areas. We've you need, talked about that in a lot of European yep, cities. Yep, a lot of European cities are way. doing that. Um, what's going to happen anytime something comes up that has to do with pollution machines by these people? Cars. Pollution machines. Cars. The, these people don't see it as a car, okay? <laughs> they do not see it as a sense of... Be, imagine being, for a second, let's take the enthusiast hat off. Right, okay. yeah, these so are appliances. T- okay. so for most and people. And so now you have a gas-polluting operated refrigerator. Basically, you appliance. have a hair dryer that's shooting out carbon dioxide. Right. That's the only thing they see it as. Yeah, I get Now, that. what they aren't seeing is imagine the regular person that's making yeah. $18 an hour. They're driving around in a Camry. Well, Chris, that's why we have to raise the minimum income. That is far above the minimum income. 
you're not going to be able to raise the minimum income enough to make it where some, everybody can afford a brand new electric car. You can't even raise the minimum wage now to make it so anybody can afford any new car right now. Average car prices are $34,000. Right. It's not an option. I know. So basically, you're squeezing the market down. Okay. As time goes on, the combustion engine car, which is right now cheap to maintain, cheap to buy, cheap to operate. I can go buy a running car for $1,500. Correct. Right? I can, bu- I can buy one of those. And just to play devil's advocate, this... Would not change that. You can every fifteen hundred dollar dollar car is a used car, Chris. Correct. Right? You can always buy a used gasoline. There's car this. The there's this overlap. Okay. Yes, you will be able to buy one for a while. How many nineties and eighties cars do you see driving around right now? A lot. No, you don't. You do not. You absolutely yeah, right. do not. You you're do right. not it's see them. It's mostly newer cars. It's mostly newer cars. And you're going to none of those newer cars are fifteen hundred dollars, Chris. But you can. Yes, and a lot, can. especially in California, where things don't still rust. Do that. Especially in California, where things don't rust, there are a lot of older cars driving around. Yeah, and you're going to start seeing that phase out as those cars become older and older and older, and they're not available anymore. Just think how bad the used car market is right now. Right, horrible. Yeah, there's no nothing. No one's selling their car. So this is going to be like no this buying new car. This market time, like you had in the early 2000s, you had um, the financial crisis then. And it caused the the cars to kind of get cheaper. There was a lot of different things that happened. The used car market kind of dried up a little well, bit because production went down. Clunkers came along, and that didn't help that. either. I wouldn't doubt if we see another run of that someday. But uh, yeah, we're going to start seeing it again with COVID over the next couple of years. You're going to see this kind of like strangulation of the used car market because they're not selling any new cars. So right now. I think when the market of, booms back up, when the economy comes back up, COVID isn't a concern. People aren't worried about it anymore. Well, they didn't manufacture the car. This is time that's gone. Yeah. So all the cars that were not supposed to be... That, I was going to say is society's kind of not going to go back to normal. People are going to work from home a lot more. People are not going to be driving as much. So my theory is if they were really serious about this, yeah. really serious about this stuff, they would go after the meat industry and they would go after the shipping industry. The shipping industry is the big black hole that you never hear about. It is. And the meat industry also is... Seriously, I love meat. I love cheeseburgers. Yeah. They're my best buddies. I was buddies. just talking to you off air too about the show we're watching, Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, and yeah. I was like, uh, it makes me feel like yeah, let's have I a steak. Go be a, <laughs> let's yeah. have a steak. So, livestock emissions make up anywhere between fourteen and eighteen percent of total uh, greenhouse emissions wow. in the world. Um, I didn't realize it was that high. It is that high, and the methane is twenty-three times more potent when it comes to warming the planet. So, really? meat is really number one thing. Have you seen? Hold on. Have you seen the cattle, like, uh, fart backpacks? No. You haven't seen this? No. What, do they wear a little like, thing on their butt? It was like a proposed solution. Yeah, that they basically shoved this tube up their butt, and it was like a fart backpack. <laughs> so it reduces all methane. <laughs> It'd be called a fart pack or like a stink sack. <laughs> <laughs> and then they could, like, reuse this methane as fuel. That would be, that's a great idea. But, um, so meat is, but why, why aren't they touching it? Why aren't they saying, well, we got to ban meat by 2035? Yeah, because it is, n- no, it is, no, no but it I'm is saying not. On the personal level, that is something that a lot of these people who are very big advocates for green energy why, and sustainability, they're like, well, I'm not going to eat Yeah, but why isn't Gaffin Newsom talking about it? Why aren't they saying in 2035, we need to have- I'm sure you're going to tell me it's lobbyists. No, it's because it's an untenable position to the, to the public. Just like uh, the shipping thing is really untenable. Nobody's going to give up their products. 90% yeah. of the world economy and shipping st- uh, and products and everything like that is the shipping industry. 
Nobody's going to let that be disrupted. So, so what do they do? They grab the low-hanging fruit of cars, and they go, hey, this is the future. We've got all this hipster slick technology. <laughs> Look at this. It's fast. It's the future. There's no buttons on anything. You see the new GTI doesn't have any buttons. It's all haptic. I, I it's all like haptic that. feedback. There's no buttons. Like, everybody's allergic to buttons. Like, if they touch a button, they're going to get COVID. It's, it's going to be a trend. In 10 years, that won't be that. But guess anymore. what? Cars are cool. We can put the technology in them. It's great. So, no, okay, yeah. A couple it, I, things. I, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off at your knees right now. So this isn't surprising, right? We should not be surprised. I am not we surprised. We knew this was coming, and we knew it would start in California, right? Correct. So none of this is a surprise. And also, 2035 is still a ways away. And really, no, what's it isn't. interesting- What were you doing 15 years ago? 15 years ago, I was doing Eurowork stuff. I was doing car shows. I was driving uh, well, Volkswagen Rabbit. 20, 2005? I was still in college. Okay. It doesn't seem no, that. No, I was still in high school. It, Jesus. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't seem that long ago to me. That's because you're old. I'm, I'm almost 40. So yeah, I was old. I was 25. And it doesn't feel that far away 25 to me. seems very far away from your current yeah, it does, age it, looking but, at you But now. mentally, it doesn't I feel know. like it was that far away. It feels like it was just yesterday. And this time is going to... Just, it's going to go by incredibly fast. And all you're going to see- Before this came out, if I would have said, Chris, in 15 years, I bet California won't be selling any new combustion engine cars. You wouldn't say, oh, that's preposterous. I'm so angry about it. You'd say, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. We're a news. What do you want me to do? Not talk about this? <laughs> I know, I mean, but like, I, I just want to say like, yes, this, this is a fact. Also, what's interesting, this Newsom guy, he's basically drawing a line in the sand and he's not going to be there when it comes to enforcing it. Yeah. What are term limits for this guy, right? Like, it's interesting that he's all apologetic. He's saying, all super apologetic about it. And he's so sad that they lost power the other day. You know, I made fun of him for not having power. Um, they don't You're have, right, though. They don't have the infrastructure. No, for they don't. They don't. There's way too many windmills. Uh, basically, collectively, energy regulators failed to anticipate the event. They failed to anticipate that California would get hot in the summer, um, and and they didn't take necessary actions to ensure reliable power to Californians. Okay, yes, it gets hot in California. Yes, it yeah. got really hot in California. Yeah, that's California gets hot. Yeah. All right, that's just the way it is. Fires and also he, don't help. I don't. Out. I don't have the quote here. I I didn't write it down. But he basically said this is because we've moved towards we've moved away from petroleum and we don't have a fallback. Jeez. That's we just don't have. That's a, why they're doing it. That's they don't have the. Oh, you're um, saying for the power grid? Yeah, he said that the, tra the transition from fossil fuels as an energy source is the primary reason for the blackouts. They don't have enough power. They can't generate enough power on their power grid to do it. So, are you telling me that in the next 15 <laughs> years we're going to require all new cars? How many new cars are sold every year? I don't even know. A lot, a lot, a lot of new cars. So Lots. all. Okay, so all of the new cars. And what is the kind of... I want to know what the transition period is where um, I think it's probably another 15 years, okay? So we have, uh, or maybe 10 years. How many old cars are on the road? Do you think most cars are made in the last 10 years that are out on the road? 10, yeah, 15 years? I would say that. Okay, so in the next 15 to 25 years, yeah. most of the cars in California are going to be electric. Yeah. I would be willing to bet that even though this says we're only going to have electric cars by 2035, you're going to have a huge... 
uh, surge towards that before then. Yeah, I think when this law actually comes to pass, no one's going to be like, oh, shoot, now I can't buy Do you buy remember talking car? to our uh, our electrical engineer? Yeah, Matt, I do. And he's, he's basically like, yeah, every one of these gas stations, if it was converted over to be like fast charging stations, would draw like as much power as several grocery stores. Yes. Like the infrastructure is not there for everybody to go home and plug their... What's the air conditioning run at? 15 amps? My air, eight. My air conditioner in my garage runs on 110 and it's eight amps. Okay. It's an eight, eight, eight amp air conditioner. Hot garage. So? (laughs) It's still an eight amp air conditioner. I know. I'm just saying that's not the most efficient. But but the point is, you know, it's not. It's still eight amps at 100. When you plug your car in, it is a lot more. It is like, it's like, 50 to 100 amps, depending on what you're doing. Like a fast yeah. charger thing. 100 amps. You're going to have millions of people drawing 100 amps on 220-volt service in California when you can't even run people's 8-amp air conditioners? Yeah, the argument I would make is that they're going to have to do off-peak times. Will they shut you off? It'll be a separate circuit to your house or something where you say, okay, you're charging. You have a charging schedule now based on basically peak times. But... If you can't even run your AC like they're trying to do, they, then literally they the power is shut that. off. Like yeah. you're just, yeah, you have none. You have no power. Yeah, rolling brownouts. I think it's important to remember that these people, they're not like us. Me and the people listening to the podcast, and you, they're not like us. They don't care. It is a hair dryer that blows carbon dioxide. Whatever they can do to reduce that is what they're going to do. They aren't enthusiasts. They don't give a shit. The only concessions they will give you is to lubricate the slippery slope. That's all they're going to do. When they say, we're not taking anything away, all you have to do is flip your mind and go, yes, they are completely taking things away. And I know people have compared this. Oh, well, the cardboard has existed forever. Everything's fine. But that's because we had a, we had the combustion engine throughout this whole period of time. Okay. And so it was kind of comparable. Like, oh, you can have the emissions need to be this or that. If it's older than this, it could maybe pass and be fine. If it was maybe for 1974 or whatever it is in California, I think if you have like an early 911 or something like that, maybe it's like 77 or 76. Those cars are worth way more money because then they don't have to comply with carb. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, interesting. But, I didn't but, know that. Yeah, but now, specifically now, you have a completely new form of transportation, a completely new way of doing things. Well, a new powertrain. Yeah, exactly, which, which completely eliminates, at its face value anyway, carbon emissions. So they're like, oh, man, they're like, they're taking their belt off and dropping their pants as fast as they possibly can. Why, why are they dropping their pants, Chris? Because they're going to stick it in you with your combustion Jeez. engine car. They are ready to take it away. Jesus. If they could do it tomorrow, they would do it. And if you think I'm wrong, you are batshit crazy. They would take it away now. If they could somehow snap their fingers and take your old car away from you, they would. They don't care. They do not care about car culture. They don't care about enthusiasm. They don't care about any of it. And the only reason they don't do it is because they need to get elected to office. They don't like cars. That's just the way it is. The real fight, however, all this is going to happen, right? We all know that this is going to happen. This doesn't mean enthusiasm has to die. Okay. As I've said over and over and over again. Yeah, everyone's going to be super excited about their touchscreen. Despite what I've said in the last 18 minutes 19 minutes we have to we have to accept the future of this we have to there's nothing that we can do about what california is going to do and what new york is going to do and dc and uh all these other states and oregon washington as it as it comes from the coasts and like sucks into the rest of the country it's going to happen period we need to be willing to accept what we're given and still be enthusiastic about it. I know a lot of people don't like hearing that. I know a lot of people don't go, oh man, I'm really excited about electric cars. Well, you better just kind of suck it up and like it. 
You know, you're just, you're going to have to. You're going to have to. If you want enthusiasm for cars and motoring and the freedom to be behind the wheel and enjoy yourself to stay alive, you're going to have to give part of yourself to this. It sucks. I know I'm not a big fan of it either, but that's just the way it is. So I try to be excited about some of the electric stuff. I try to, you know, I talked to you. You were telling me the other day about maybe doing a project. A project with, with an electric electric engine. And then I'm thinking to myself, man, when I get this thing done, it's just going to be meh. I'm just going to, like, get rid of it <laughs> immediately. It'll be a manmobile. Anyway, the real fight comes down the road when we fight for our right to drive. That is the one that's coming, not not 2025, not in 2035, but when we're probably, probably when they were going to take our right to way to drive anyway, say, you we're going to be, be 80 years old. Anyways. They're going to be taking our driver's license uh, anyway by the time that comes around. Yeah. But it's something that we're probably going to have to fight for. And the younger listeners here that are in their 20s, early 20s, mid 20s, you're going to have to fight for that. That's going to be your fight. You know, that's sadly the way that it's going to the way that it's going to come down. All right. What have you got for us? Well, What's our I next story? I got someone who is all about this, Chris, because I don't drive any of the cars that I own anymore. That is a quote said by famed Formula One driver Lewis Hamilton in a recent interview. Quote, I only drive my electric Mercedes-Benz EQC. Wow, this is great. You know what's awesome is I, I look at Lewis Hamilton and I go, man, here's a guy who has so much life experience and he's he <laughs> that I should be taking advice it's I have this intellectual relativism with Lewis Hamilton I really put him up on a pedestal with some of the great economists physicists and scientists in the world thank god he's there to virtue <laughs> signal what everybody else should be doing from his marble palace can we we should have really done the california story less cuz now this is just everything i talk about you're just going to be like <laughs> <laughs> keep going what else we'll keep going so leaving these vehicles stationary is just the latest of Hamilton's actions to reconcile more than a decade of jet-setting racing career with a newfound feeling of social responsibility. To that end, Hamilton has sold his private jet, become a vegan, and requested that his Mercedes team transport him in electric vehicles whenever possible, Chris. What a jerk. A week what prior a- to the interview, Hamilton declared on social media that other undisclosed actions had actually negated the environmental impact of his Formula One career dating back to his 2007 debut. So, okay. First of all, Chris, hold on, hold, hold. Go, oh, go ahead. I think that, first of all, I don't care what Lewis Hamilton thinks or does. Okay. I, I do not care. He he is not an authority on anything, anything, except, except driving. Yeah, going That is his job. He is an excellent driver, and he's excellent at winning. I would like to know about his competitive spirit. I would like to know about... Um, what it's like to lose when you when you have that competitive spirit and how do you come back from that to still continue winning and what is it like to live on the knife edge of of something that's so high performance those are the things that lewis hamilton is better at than almost anyone that's ever lived in this sport okay, okay. so we know that right. what he thinks about global warming and climate change and the economy and veganism doesn't matter it is the same level of of uh, it carries the same amount of weight as if some stranger came up to me on the street and started talking to me about it. Okay. And I think that these, I think that when you are that rich, which I think we're going to get to in, in a minute, <laughs> when you are that rich and you are that out of touch yeah. with, with society and reality, you really, really struggle to find. Now, I'm not rich. I am super not, but I'm just imagining. <laughs> super not? Super not rich. <laughs> I'm just imagining that when you can have anything you want 
yeah. at any time from anyone almost. Well, not only that, you're telling the people that pay you what you want. Well, that's that's fine. Whatever. He's He's got that power with them. I don't care about that. But my point is, is that he's lost contrast in life. Right. He's lost the contrast because his contrast is, oh, my God, I'm polluting. I'm such a bad person. Right. That's how he feels bad about his life. I agree. Yeah, 100%. And so I... I hate doing this because I'm going to sound somewhat like you, and I hate sounding like ah! you. But it does seem like needless virtue signaling, and here's why. Here's why it seems hypocritical. Who are Lewis Hamilton's fans? Who like this guy? Who are his fans? In their own vernacular, as I would imagine, they would call themselves petrol heads. Like, I'm all for sustainability, but why... Does he need to push this agenda on those people? Because he feels guilty. That like this sport. Okay, yes, so he he, imagine Lewis Hamilton's life, right? He's not racing. He's probably going to. He's in England. He's going to parties with these elites and and actors and all of these pop culture. And pop culture is very, very, very liberal. Okay, right. so you're mingling with these people every day, you're and right. you're a race car driver that's basically got an ultra hair dryer with ultra carbon dioxide <laughs> coming out right there. Right? It's, it's like it is like the it is. If you were to think of uh, the, you're most, right. He's probably not looked upon as good in no, those circles because he's promoting something that all these people see as evil, <laughs> right? And he, so, so Chris, he's, this, this is his this is his knee jerk reaction is to is to put the lawn sign out that says I'm sorry and I'm selling everything and i'm not eating is meat that anymore why you put your literal lawn sign out that said this is not a racetrack when you drive your race car around yes, when lewis hamilton comes around in his electric car <laughs> he better be slow okay well this is a guy who gets paid over 50 million dollars a year to drive formula one cars and i'm gonna tell you why he's wrong about what he said Okay. He claimed that he offset the environmental impact of his Formula One career since 2007. That is basically impossible. This is a sport that involves worldwide transport of boutique race cars that burn obscene amounts of fuel per hour, as you said. But the fuel of the race cars absolutely pales in comparison. What do you think about the massive race teams and their mobile garages worth of gear and semi-trucks and semi-trucks worth and planes of... planes and... Yes, they literally transport them around the globe. You can't drive a truck across the ocean. That means they're taking massive planes with these cars and all their support teams and all their parts around the globe. Then you need to think about all the carbon pollution produced in paving the tracks Which themselves. is full of petroleum. Yes, the track itself is, but just the energy that goes into it and every car that it takes to maintain it and build it the racetrack think of all the the power required to operate the racetracks and so on it simply isn't possible for lewis hamilton to offset that impact here's all he has to do and tesla has this down all he has to do is buy carbon credits and everything is fine i thought about this maybe he actually did offset all that if he paid 50 million dollars worth of his salary towards carbon credits something tells me he's not going to do that no, no, he's he's not. He's not going to give it up. <laughs> come on, come on. It's way easier to, to say you're sorry and it'd be vegan than it is to give up $50 million in salary. I don't know. Steak is pretty good. It is pretty good. All right, the Tesla Plaid model, which we've been hearing about forever, which is, I'm still wondering, are we really going to get this car? I don't really know. Just well, it's with like, like their semi-truck and their roadster. Um, it's going to be fast. It's going to be expensive. And now on their website, they are taking orders. Oh, really? Yeah, they're taking orders. So if you want to buy one, I... Gosh, I wish you should uh, grab that link and go look at I'm it. I'm going to go look at it. Um, I forget what the price is. So this is, they say it is the quickest zero to 60 and quarter mile acceleration of any production car ever. 
says zero to sixty in less than two seconds. Quarter mile in Plaid less. mode starts starts at one hundred thirty four thousand. Okay, uh, it's quarter miles less than nine seconds. They say it will do two hundred miles per hour and a five hundred twenty plus mile range. Now all of these numbers are kind of um, guesses. Like I don't right. see. I want to see zero to sixty in one point nine six five seconds. I want to see quarter mile in eight point four six eight seconds with a trap speed of blah blah blah. That's what I want to see. Where are the actual numbers? Right, I agree. They're just guessing. Um, here's a little data though. They did. Uh, they just did a minute and thirty seconds in this thing around Laguna Seca, which uh, is is pretty pretty fast. That sounds very fast. <laughs> it's really fast. Now keep in mind this thing has eleven hundred horsepower. Okay. So from, from its tri-motor setup. Um, this car has Ooh, uh, Chris. Pilot Cup RSs. Hold on. I'm already done. I done My what? purchase price, I went up to 154000 accidentally by Why adding is, some options in was there. Was it a, the smaller seat option? How much did that cost? <laughs> <laughs> and all I have to do is pay $1,000 today to get it in line. There you go. You're, you're, all, you're all set. Uh, so this, this race car has a Michelin Pilot Cup RSs, widened fenders, and a wing, and who, who knows what else. I think this car is probably similar to what they had out on the Nürburgring, like more of an advanced right. version Except of the one that they were using. probably didn't have a full cage so, in it. Notable cars slower than that Tesla, McLaren P1. Now, this is around Laguna Seca. Yes. Wow. was like three seconds slower. Dodge Viper <laughs> ACR, 997 911 GT3 RS 4 liter, uh, 991 GT3 RS, a Corvette ZR1, oh all slower. But here's the thing. Even the McLaren P1 has 200 less horsepower, and it has almost twice as much horsepower as a lot of these other cars. So a lot of this isn't that it's a great handling car. It is sheer brute force yeah that they've got i mean that would got, be interesting to see it going against like a p1 and how much slower it'd be in the corners and then when it gets the straight just this thing fucking plowing yeah it. like what is the just like the hill climb the 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 pike's peak yeah they did amazing but i think it's just because it is sheer torque sheer power yeah which is which is getting them there um and i think we're going to see this really get upset as some of these hypercar manufacturers come out you know the m5 is going to come out and have like 1100 horsepower are you telling me that tesla engineering with suspension is going to come close to anything that bmw motorsport or the m division can do there's no way probably not there's I, no I, way. i'm i'm also worried though what do all these electric cars have when it comes to handling a ton of weight exactly it's, right? it really comes down to brakes and I, I think that they use the electric motor to brake somewhat well, they which do. probably takes some of that they, off but it's still you inertia break. is inertia momentum is momentum you've got x pounds that have to be stopped and you've got this tire patch there is the physics of it right are insurmountable and my point is it doesn't matter how good bmw has been with suspension handling when you add a ton of weight into a car you can only make it handle so well yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm actually wondering what the... Oh, he's they're coming out with a $25,000 car in about three years, he said, which is, it's kind of nice to see the price of these come down. Yeah. Because my biggest complaint with all this stuff is it's just unattainable for regular people. Yeah. You know, it's all this elitism, like, oh my God, I drive an electric car, but it was $40,000. And the regular people are just driving around in their shitboxes. Um, they also promised that the $25,000 car would be fully capable of driving autonomously. And that's in three years. No nope. skeptical, yeah, skeptical. <laughs> especially when you uh, when you can't even get in your car. What do you mean? According to Electric, internal systems were fully down and around 11 a.m. the other day, leaving users unable to connect their vehicles to the mobile app. What vehicles? Teslas. 
Really? Yeah. So when you, you wait, you actually couldn't get in your car. It, no, because if you were just if you had a key, yes. But okay. if you were just using your mobile Most app on your phone, just use their phone. Use your phone. Couldn't get in it. Couldn't start it. Um, <laughs> the, the the app is how many people gain access to and drive their car. Tesla's, Honestly, if I had the app and it was like always worked for me, I would never bring my keys. Yeah. With me. Why would you bother? Um, Tesla staff were also unable to process deliveries and orders, and the company's website wasn't working. The outage wow. also hit Tesla's solar and power wall. The company's in home batteries right yeah so your car doesn't work your power at your house is broken wow we are so screwed all of this interconnected shit is so it's so fragile chris is going to be building the emp over there just to show those californians <laughs> this is why you're wrong <laughs> ah! i just i think everything is on this we're it's depending on technology so much and this whole, I watched The Social Dilemma the other day, which was... What is that? I'm it, not familiar. It's, it's a show on Netflix about how, um, how social media and everything basically farms you. You know, if, if you aren't, if you, uh, what, is, what is the saying? If it's free, you are the product. Oh, I right? like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that whole concept, and they kind of extrapolate off it. So you have all this social media stuff going on, and you've got everything on this foundation of technology where you can't even get in your car because your phone, like your kids at school... Right. Yeah. Or or you're picking. It's 11 a.m. Eastern time. So that's uh, you're driving to pick up your kid from preschool, and you can't get in your car to go pick your kid up from preschool because your phone doesn't open your car. <laughs> like, come on. Like, just all right. A, a key I'm, would be I'm great. turning this episode around, Chris. Okay. I'm gonna do a light-hearted story. Ready? Can we talk about something fun? 1100 horsepower Teslas aren't fun. I don't know. You seem down about all of it. Yeah. It's, you've it's, just been ragging on it. <laughs> Anything electric, you've just been ragging on it. So here's a fun story. These are decidedly the most obscure car options ever offered from the factory. And I've had one of them. Yes. And we actually, this first one, we talked about in a previous episode. The 1957 Cadillac Eldorado Borum. Broham. Is it really Broham? It's, it's Broham. 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 Okay. Broham. But I like saying Broham. Broham. <laughs> they offered magnetic glove box shot glasses. We talked about in the history of the uh, cup holder that episode. Sounds, that sounds amazing. So the height of luxury is sipping your cognac in your Cadillac embossed glass in the passenger seat of your Eldorado as it magnetically sticks onto the back of the glove compartment. That's phenomenal. It is totally phenomenal. Then fast forward to 2013 and the 500L from Fiat is the abomination of a car that they produced. Right. I hate this thing. I like the 500 a lot, but making it into a larger car absolutely ruins it. And you know what else it does? The stupidest accessory I've ever heard of. The coffee experience package included a cup holder mounted Lavazza espresso machine two cups, spoons, and sugar. So, Chris, as if distracted driving weren't enough, now the guy in the lane next to you could be living out his barista fantasy in the middle of rush hour traffic, brewing himself espresso in his center council. That sounds fantastic, too. <laughs> Meanwhile, the 1977 Chevrolet Corvette C3 came with the towing package option. Now, there's more to it than just a trailer hitch. This little-known ZN1 towing package equipped your brand-new Corvette with a factory CB radio, Gymkhana suspension, a high-amp alternator, upgraded radiator, Wait, and... Wait, Gymkhana? I thought that Ken Block invented Gymkhana. He did not invent it. Actually, that's a horse rare yes, racing term. Yeah. Uh, and you also got the hitch rated for 2,000 pounds. And your Corvette? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I suppose. I would, you know, I'd get a teardrop trailer immediately. 
Yeah, and, just, and I feel like you would be all about it with the factory CB stereo in the yeah, center console there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In 1997, you could get a shower built into your Honda CRV. The optional shower, which added a water reservoir, a 12-volt pump, and a shower head for quick rinse. A heating element uh, would have been handy, but was not not available. Why did they just run run the coolant through the water or something? I don't understand. I, or the tailpipe, like I assume it's in the back hatch, yeah, like, just, just like a heat exchanger. Exactly. Yeah, why not? Uh, the 1956 Chevy vacuum ashtray is kind of a cool device. Yeah, this was an option yeah. outfitted in a lot of Chevy vehicles from '56 up through '60 some, and this system used engine vacuum to pull ashes and cigarette butts from the ashtray into a hidden glass or metal jar. I thought you were going to tell me they just ejected them onto the road. <laughs> well, that's actually the problem. No, they put them into a metal jar, and then you could empty it every once in a while. This right. left, you know, much less smell. You don't have yeah. all the musty butts sitting in your ashtray. The problem is this was like a $100 option back in the day when Ooh. flicking it out your window was free. Way easier. Way, yeah, yeah. Way better. Easier. <laughs> this next one. The 2006 Volkswagen electric guitar. Now I had one of these. I bought I it. This was one. The, this is when the Volkswagen Rabbit came out. The Mark V. Yeah, the Mark V. It came with a white. Well, my was a white guitar. It was a and Fender, you could, and you could plug it into the the car. Right. And you could play while you were driving. How nerdy are you if you're doing that? I didn't give a shit about the guitar. I just bought the car, and the guitar happened to come with it. And I was like, eh. and then I sold the car. Forgot I had the guitar, and then sold the guitar for like three hundred dollars to somebody, <laughs> some dork that wanted to do just that. Really? Yeah. Well, this wasn't the first time Volkswagen and used music to sell cars. Have you ever heard of the Pink Floyd edition Mark III? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, this, I have. This was news to me. It was never available in the States. Supposedly, the vast majority were sold in Germany, although some made it to other European countries. And it was literally just like, I don't know if you could get them in any color but black, but it had Pink Floyd script on the side. Yeah, and the seats were like the, the different confetti. Like, Mark III's always had different patterns on the right. seats. There was a spe specific pattern on the seats, and I think the radio was different, too. And I, so it I, only played Pink Floyd. Yeah, it, was, it was just Dark Side of the Moon in reverse on repeat. <laughs> uh, this next one is actually really uh, rad, and I think rad is the most appropriate term, because in 1990, a lot of Chrysler products, you could get the Visor phone. Ooh. So long before cell phones were ubiquitous, car phones were a big deal. The Dodge Dynasty could be ordered with a mobile phone embedded in the sun visor. You flip it down. I wish I could show you the photo, and it had like a number pad on it. It was all built right into the visor. So like speakerphone kind yep, of. Yep, exactly. Uh, then in 1987, the Holden Commodore down in the Australia... That offered the center council fax machine. <laughs> How cool would that be today? Well, I don't know what you would need to fax to anybody except something to the DMV. Right. No, it's definitely an oddity, but not really a terrible idea when you consider it at you know the time. What would, you know what would be even better is if you had a fax machine, but also a paper shredder right there, so you could shred all the evidence as you, <laughs> of all your dirty all deeds. The, and you, yeah, you're yeah. doing something weird if you have to be on the fax machine on the road. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in 1975, the Jeep CJ was available with the Levi's edition with denim jean interior. Oh, my God. Now, this wasn't the first vehicle, Did actually. you say Jay Leno edition? No. The <laughs> Levi. Oh. <laughs> That took me way too long. That's okay. That took me way That's too okay. long. Uh, the wasn't the only American Motor Corporation vehicle to do this. The AMC Gremlin had a Levi edition that's probably more uh, popular or 
I guess, known uh, and in some circles, but it wasn't the only vehicle that this obviously also got where it just looks like you're sitting on a pair of jeans. I would be a horror. Has the little like copper rivets in it too. Oh, great. So it scratches itself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in 1969, GM offered liquid tire chains as our last of the most ridiculous and obscure car options ever offered. Uh, this was. I just had a thought. What if you, in a, in a pinch, what if you bought a bunch of metal thumbtacks and if you had a good tire, you could put the metal thumbtacks in the tread blocks? That would do the opposite. Because when you're On putting ice? it in. Then it's just the rounded metal. Yeah, but that would help on ice, wouldn't I it? I don't think the rounded would. No, you don't think it... No, I think you'd just sit there and spin even quicker. Yeah, well, I don't know. It might dig in. It's a bad idea. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah let's put if that in If you had, list. like, hex heads or something, like little... I wonder if... Yeah, there's Like gotta, little screws or something. Yeah, we could figure something out. Screws. Well, that's what they do when they actually make them, is they I put know. a screw in from the other side. Right. And then you've got spikes sticking out. But you can't really do that on the go. That's a horrible idea. Why don't you use the tire again? No, probably no, not. This, though, actually had a liquid tire chain traction dispenser and could be added to any vehicle in the lineup in 1969 with the push of a button, Chris. Two pressurized cans aimed at the rear wheels would spray a polymer onto the tire, supposedly increasing traction in the snow. That's way less likely to work than my thumbtack idea, to be honest. Probably. A, a liquid polymer getting sprayed on the tires? Yeah, well, that's probably the case because... Uh, only about 2,600 people ever ticked that box on the option sheet, and it was totally withdrawn from the option sheet in 1970. Yeah, that's a, that's a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. So I have the worst. So this isn't the worst commercial ever made, but I feel like it is the worst commercial I remember. Not because it's a bad commercial, but um, I'll just play it. And you guys can you tell me if you pick up why it's bad. What if you drove an SUV that paid attention, even when you didn't? Like the Hyundai Kona. The only car in its class that monitors steering and lane position in order to alert tired or distracted drivers. Driver attention warning from Hyundai. The longer you look, the more there so is to like. What you're not seeing. And now for a limited time, lease the 2018 You can you too can now drive as distracted as you like to. You can be on your phone. You can talk to your kids. Literally you can clean up the French the woman, fries that your kids are throwing at you. This was literally the woman driving decided to take a selfie of her and her family while totally disregarding the cars around her. She can do that because she's got Hyundai's you can so drive and do whatever. Literally advocating for you taking a selfie and not caring about what you're doing driving. It is the worst thing I've ever seen in a commercial. Way worse than the she BMW. She just needed to be in that Fiat with the espresso machine and just brewing up some coffee. It would have been way better if it would have been like a dude, like, you too can drive distracted. And the pastor woman just was like, <laughs> at least it would be worth it than a selfie. Honestly, selfie, that not is worth less it. distracting. That you can keep your eyes on the road. That's true. When you're well, depending, what if you're doing a selfie at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, maybe we should. I'm going to buy one of these. <laughs> no, terrible, terrible commercial. Okay, so Europe has been shafted again. Okay, which is great because I love because, like I said, I've always said we've been getting screwed over over and over again here in the United States with not getting cool cars. We know that Europe's not getting the Bronco. Okay, you no, know, they're not, not getting yeah. it. Um, but now they know that they're not going to be getting the new Nissan Z either. Oh, really? There, by the way, there is. We missed the news on this. There is a uh, new Nissan Z prototype. Right. Uh, it's going to be a kind of a rebodied 370Z, which might actually be okay. You know, we've kind of harp on about progress over and over again. Yeah. 
You're right. Yeah, we keep saying like, yeah. oh, just leave it. Like maybe it'll be okay. It's got a twin turbo inline six and manual transmission. That is not what the 370Z has. No, but the chassis. I'm saying the chassis is not oh, getting hyper developed. Okay, I don't um, call this a rebodied then. Well, rebodied means it has a new body, and a lot of other things remain the same. So it is the definition of a rebody. Yeah, but if it has a new engine, that's more than a rebody. Well, I'm not sure it's going to have a new engine. They might just be putting different turbo situations on it. So it's going to be manual. It's not an inline six in the current car. Oh, it is not? I thought no, it was an inline six. No, it's a VQ37. Oh, I hope I didn't write this down wrong. <laughs> I hope I didn't write this down wrong. Maybe it, I'm thinking it was, maybe, that, of, maybe no. that's just me going, oh man, I really hope it has an inline six because that would be really great. That would be, it would be phenomenal. I, I, now that I'm thinking about there's I no possible. Have to fact Here, check why don't you, you fact this? check that quick, real quick. Because and just that type, would be like the just Nissan type in GTR. What, yeah, just type in what engine, uh, what engine's in the new Z prototype because um, it'd be really great if it had an inline six, but that might just been you, wishful thinking on my part. Um, in a You're statement- just making, uh, do I have to fact check all the news today? Did you no, just, just that, just that. That's just wishful thinking. In a statement from the mark, they've confirmed that it won't be coming to those over the pond due to a shrinking European sports car market and specific regulations on emissions saying there was no business case for which to bring the car over. Now, remember what I said about regulations choking us out earlier? This is it. Combustion engines won't be sold uh, until, will be sold until 2035, but an entire country or an entire uh, continent, basically, all of Europe, isn't getting a car just because of current regulation. All right, so you did lie. It's a, it's a V6. A v6. However, they are saying it's going to be the twin turbo V6, which would be interesting if they use the current GTR's VR38DETT, yeah. which well. is the only twin turbo V6 that they offer the Nissan lineup. All so I can this say could is, be basically a retro-looking GTR uh, without get, all-wheel drive. The EO is getting what it deserves. I don't care. <laughs> I, they're, they, they're not getting it because of the regulations. Chris, is California getting it? Uh, I probably... But I'm just that, saying. How does that I'm make just, you feel? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying the sense of what's going on. Yes, of course, you'll be able to sell combustion engines till 2035. But already, Europeans not getting the sweet Nissan because of the regulations that exist today. True. What's it going to be like in two, three, five, eight years? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I was wondering because of Brexit, they're not getting any Dodge Hellcats. I can tell you that. Because of Brexit, does that mean that England and Ireland could get it? Oh, that because be they're cool. not. That would be great. It would be just the That'd biggest be middle such finger a ever. Screw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a guy in a Dodge Stratus has done what we've always wanted to do. A Dodge Stratus? A Dodge Stratus. A driver, I don't think I've wanted to do much in a Dodge Stratus. Well, I would like to try this. A driver, as I say this, a driver under the influence of whippets right, decided, give me the whippets, let's go. <laughs> a driver under the influence of whippets decided to take his Dodge Stratus, which the cloud reference is not lost on me, oh, and boy. jump it over a drawbridge in Detroit. We are down near Zug Island. There's a Fort Street bridge. Normally the arms are up, allowing cars to pass through. Well, tonight one arm is down, completely smashed to bits. As a driver fancies himself as a bit of a daredevil. Now look, that's a long <laughs> Best bridge operator Andre says he couldn't believe his eyes. Well, the driver is now in the back of a police car. There's his vehicle smashed in. Officers tell me he's full of whippets. Whippets, you say, yes. That's a whipped cream dispenser. <laughs> Apparently youngsters nowadays can sniff the gas youngsters. and get high. Here's Andre again. I hit the emergency stop. What? Why? Why is this a British reporter? If this is I know Detroit. it is Detroit, but it's a British Why? reporter. I have. <laughs> it makes it I don't so know. much better. I don't know. And the bridge jam. Detroit police putting out the unusual call this evening. Well, uh, actually, he took the hazard across and made it across. Over he went, blew out all four of his tires, and then he crashed through the other gate over there. The cops said it was like the Dukes of Hazard. 
that's what it, I call it the Blues Brothers. That's a first for me. That's a first for me. Rest assured, we're searching high and low for the surveillance tape. That's the scene along Fort Street with the night camp. Tim Pamplin, local four. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to exist. He, so he made it. They're, they're, he made it. He yeah, smashed, they're going he destroyed right over the, the car. best part of this. He I, made it. He made it. He destroyed the car, broke everything. Screw it. High on whippets. Apparently whippets make you do things you wanted to always do. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Cool Whip. <laughs> or Ready Whip, I guess. I guess it would be. Yeah, All right, be guys. Whip. On that note, make sure you sign up to support the show. Patreon.com slash Overcrest. Just five bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Give what you can. We would really, really appreciate it. Support the content creators you like. How much money are you spending on streaming services right now, Chris? I a lot more than that. Exactly. I'll tell you that right now. A lot, a lot more than that. Plus, you get exclusive content. Yep. We're going to uh, be recording another one on Sunday. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. We will see you guys on Sunday if you're a Patreon. And Monday, if you're not, take care. We'll see you then. All right, bye. Ooh, let me have some of that Cool Whip. What'd you say? You can't have a pie without Cool Whip. Cool Whip? Cool Whip, yeah. You mean Cool Whip? Yeah, Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. You're saying it weird. Why are you putting so much emphasis on the H? What are you talking about? I'm just saying it. Cool whip. You put cool whip on pie. Pie tastes better with cool whip. Say whip. Whip. Now say cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. You're eating hair.